Welcome to the Delano Newsmakers podcast, bringing context to the stories that matter in Luxembourg. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Newsmakers. Today, we're talking about sex work in Luxembourg, a taboo topic, and although officially legalized in 2018, it remains a bit of a grey area. So I got in touch with Ashanti Berendt, social worker in Dropin, which is a place offering sex workers and drug users medical, social, psychological support. And she's here with me today. Ashanti, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, you're welcome. And um, I'm quite glad to have you on as well, so we can uh, so we can maybe shed some light on this topic that <laughs> people don't really talk about that much, but it is happening in Luxembourg as well as everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, so is sex work legal in Luxembourg or not? Yeah, well, it, as you said before, it, it is legal. Um, it is still a bit of like, a, as I said, like a difficult difficult topic because like, there's no, still no like health insurance, social security for sex workers, but they, they're there, they're allowed to do their work. Uh, and um, yeah, the only thing that's actually illegal is uh, human trafficking, mm. of course, uh, pimping, as well as um, underage sex work, which is mm. not allowed. Right. And th- that was actually uh, officialized in this 2018 law that, w- that was passed, especially the human trafficking and the pimping part. Mm. So what does the law see as pimping, really? Because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is, pimping is... Like, of course, you have this part where you imagine, like, this uh, big, scary man behind, like, the women taking a part of their earnings when uh, when they come back from doing their work. Uh, but it actually goes a bit further as well. Like, you have the, the boyfriend or the partner, for example, who sends their, their partner to... Um, to do to do sex work to for example pay for their food or or other stuff but it's actually also considered pimping because he's he's forcing her to do the work um and he's taking advantage of the money or he's also using the money she's she's earning Mm -hmm. and um then you also i think which a lot of people don't really imagine when you think about pimping is that let's say you have a, a sex worker who has an apartment and she's renting her uh, room or whatever to another sex worker to work in there. Um, she's getting money because she's getting the rent for the room. And automatically, this also becomes pimping and illegal, of right. course, yeah. I did not expect to hear that, I can I can tell you. Yeah. So <laughs> you can't rent your room to a sex worker for them to do their job in there essentially no i like not knowingly right. of course i'm not sure how it would be afterwards if uh if you if you say you weren't aware of what was going on it would go to court mm. i would imagine but but no you're not allowed mm. to do that <laughs> right right fair enough so you are a social worker and you work um for drop in mm-hmm. so what uh, which is part of the red cross mm-hmm. uh, and what what kind of services does uh, drop-in offer? Well, we have um, like drinks, food, just mm. like to, for those who want to break, for those who want to prepare before going to work, you can have like a little drink, a little chat. We we got a bathroom with showers, mirrors, like if you want to get ready, if you want to put on some makeup mm. before going to work, for example, uh, or take a shower, <laughs> obviously. Uh, we got bathrooms um, and then what we give to people, well, like a, bit, a big part of our work is prevention work. So it's all about having condoms, wet wipes, a possibility to protect yourself, stay clean. 
uh, than like what you need to work, lubricant, stuff right. like that. Um, we have uh, a nurse, like uh, additionally to the uh, to the social workers, we got um, a nurse, which is uh, there for little aches and bones. Uh, and we got a, a doctor every Wednesday, uh, which is um, anonymous, like same as for the service. When they come to us, they just give us, they give us a name, whichever they want. Mm. Um, we don't ask for, for papers or nothing. The only thing we need for the doctor is a date of birth. So we can like have a trace of the person, like actually find their, their medical dossier afterwards. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, what we offer like when it comes to medical care is um, like a lot of um, like blood testing, for example, for STDs. Um, just if you got if you got a stomach ache, you can see the doctor as well. Get some medication for that, but um, it, it it's a lot um, connected to their work. So also everything that's like uh, gynecolog gynecologic or what, what do you call it gynecologist as yes. exam. <laughs> um, so um, a lot related to their work and. Yeah. Um, yeah, we also got, as I said, uh, we got the the syringe exchange for mm. for those uh, for the drug users. But everything on the inside is like more like uh, created towards uh, sex workers and their mm. needs. So then you mentioned that uh, the only personal or the only information that you ask for is when uh, you will do a, a blood test or any other test for the person. Mm. But um, what about uh, people who are undocumented here and who do sex work? Because as we know, there is a lot of illegal immigration involved in, in, mm. in sex work. Well, the thing is, um, we, as I said, we don't ask for their papers. Like They can give us whatever name they want. Mm. Uh, we just ask for a first name. We don't need any last name. And the thing is, in that way, it's kind of hard. Like often they also have like, uh, they might have fake papers. Mm. So we, we wouldn't know if they're real or not. And it's also not important to us. Like if they're legally or illegally in the country, we don't really mind. It's not it's not important to us. Like we can still do our work. We can still be be there for them and offer them like yeah. a, the, 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 the bit of support we can in that in that area. Yeah. Mm. And, and maybe also in the... In the spectrum of um, the illegal part of sex mm -hmm. work, there's also, of course, underage people. Mm -hmm. If there is someone who presents themselves at drop-in and you would, someone at drop-in uh, would know that they're underage, mm -hmm. what would you do? What would you have to do? Uh, the thing is, we actually got like a contact, uh, which is um, like a sort of committee, which is more specialized in everything that is human trafficking. So if we have a doubt that a person is a minor, mm. uh, we would usually contact them. Um, we are very hesitant when it comes to police because mm. we are there to also um, like, let's say, not protect them, but we, we have to have a certain... Uh, trust and they have to have a certain trust in us as well and that's why we have this number which can then afterwards really get like into it and be do what they are skilled for yeah. so when we got a doubt when we have a person who is very seemingly on seemingly on the age even though she might have papers on which mm. she is an adult uh we we have to contact them and that's what we do in in case that happens yeah Mm, right. So then I um, I saw some statistic actually when I was uh, taking a look at mm -hmm. various information in Luxembourg saying that 
there are some 300 uh, sex workers in Luxembourg. Obviously, mm -hmm. this is difficult to estimate. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know if that's correct or close to being correct at all? Yeah, that I would have to sh check our statistics, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it really depends because I think you, you do have a lot of um, uh, migration as well when it comes to tax work. For example, mm. those that, that they might work here for summer and then they, they go, mm. uh, they, they, get, they return into a different country or they go into a different country because they might work better there or it, it's nicer weather or whatever. Mm. So it really depends. It's hard to 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 catch every, let's say every sex worker because like yes. one coming here once and coming back in two years is she a different one is she the same one yeah. then you have those that you you see in the streets working um but you don't see all of those that might work in in apartments or in hotels which are which are more hidden and consequently also you you can't really like catch them in your statistics so i think mm -hmm. what you have like the numbers you you, you have is an estimation which might not be too far off, but it, it, it's really hard to say, I yeah, think. Yeah, sure, sure. So uh, how do people get into sex work then uh, mm -hmm. in, in the real world, not in what we see on, on TV and all of that? How is it yeah. actually? I think that that's really hard to say or to, to pinpoint, like if, if there is like actual... I think there's sort of, there's definitely parallels, I would say, between, mm. between a certain... Uh, sex workers how they found themselves in in that line of work but um since we have those that talk to us a bit more and those that are a bit more reserved and timid and don't really like to share mm. it, it it's hard to say um i think you have a, a part of of those sex workers that come to luxembourg or maybe any other country to just like in in hopes of finding a job a, mm. a better paying job than they would find in their home the hometown, home country, yeah. better, yeah. yeah. And a lot of them that what what they earn here, they might send back home to the family or like um, to to a sick mother or like just mm -hmm. a family where the daughter doesn't have like a well paid job or or the the partner of the daughter or whatever. So they just try to to make money here because fifty euros here is mm -hmm. not much, but it might be in their uh, back at home for them. So um, and then of course you you. Yeah, you always have this idea of um, of, of of seeing them as um, how can I put that? <laughs> like they're always like portrayed as as like victims or being forced into right. into sex work, and I'm I'm pretty sure that there is a part um, a part of those that 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 would choose a different job if they had the possibility. Right. But but um, it, it's hard to say really why why they do it. But then you have the part of, of women who who do it often in, in line with their addiction because right. the motivation is to get the next <laughs> shoot. Yes. So they it's easy money for them. So that's also a different motivation for them, for example, because it's the addiction that makes them do it. Mm. But I think there's... There's so many different reasons for for everyone. Like mm. it, it, it's hard to like, yeah. yeah. And they're probably those who do it uh, because they enjoy it. It's a job like any other. Oh uh, yeah, of course. There are also those that do it because they like they like sleeping with many people and getting paid for it. Of course, nice. there's also that aspect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, certainly. Um, and even if someone enjoys their job for mm -hmm. a while. Maybe at some point they want to uh, move on to something mm -hmm. else. And you have this exit project 
which is designed to transition people from uh, sex work to something else. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, yeah, well, um, the Exit Project is for, yeah, as you said, those that want to change their work, their mm. job. And we, as Utropin, we have like three studio apartments, I think it is right now. Mm. Um, so those that um, that present themselves to us, that all like, because it's like still like a sort of, not like a selection program, I wouldn't mm -hmm. say, but there's different criteria. Um, for example, let's say that that person, the sex worker wants to leave their work, but like to enter the studio apartment, they can't have children or a partner because yeah. the, the idea is that they actually focus on themselves and, <clears throat> and, and yeah, and start like being, being not, not stop being selfish, but really looking yeah. out for themselves. And uh, what we do is, so uh, we if they the, if their papers aren't in order, for example, if they need a, like a residence permit or something right. like that, we help them with that. Um, to get um, like to do job applications or like to get um, into Adam, like the mm. the job searching thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the job agency. Job agency. Yeah, yeah thank you. And um, yeah, and then just sort of get them. Yeah, get them motivated to like look for a job, get everything mm. in order to actually then eventually also be able to do all of that on their own, to to have their have their security, their safety, um, maybe like then not um, to to go from to leave our apartment at one point because mm. of course the idea is to like um, have more people be able to, to get this sort of, to take advantage of this sort of offer. Mm. Um, but I guess we, <laughs> with the housing process we have, it's kind of hard, um, because often the jobs they get aren't, um, like, for example, those that have a diploma, we have people that have a diploma, mm. but it's not valid here. So they can't work in that field. And a lot of it is, um, Working, for example, in like as a cleaning cleaning person, yeah. or in a kitchen, and then afterwards, like to be able to afford on your own, um, an apartment isn't easy. But we we really try to to help them mm -hmm. be able to do that eventually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so then these people would go to Adam, mm -hmm. right? Um, would they declare that they've done sex work until that, since it is a legal? in Luxembourg and permitted is yeah. this considered as having had uh, this amount of years in in the workforce mm -hmm. essentially well I'll, I doubt that um, right. that the sex workers would put like I did 10 years of sex work uh, mm. into in their CV um um I'm not sure I'm they probably would put a a big black hole <laughs> so like I haven't done anything or they would maybe try to to invent something but the idea mm. is that yeah they they be transparent but the thing is I don't I don't think they confidently put um, I did 15 mm. years of sex work on their CV yeah. um, but uh, but yeah it, it's hard because even though it's it's legal it, you can't really work as a you, like you can't really what do you call it like declare yourself yeah. like a sex worker you don't have nice. you don't have health insurance you don't have social security it's not like for yeah. example in in germany where you get your your little your hurenpass as they call uh -huh. it like your certificate yeah. that you're in a sex worker you pay your taxes stuff like that we we don't have that so it's still a bit um a bit complicated to mm. to yeah so no no vat number no paying taxes no or 
benefiting from the CNS. If, no, no, if they're unfortunately saying, not, no. Yes, not yet, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, so we've been actually talking about sex work and we've been uh, sort of, well, mentioning women, mm-hmm. but uh, of course there are men as well who, who do mm-hmm. that, albeit uh, fewer. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, do they come to, to drop in? Do Have you seen uh, them? Do they have any different um, needs or mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. like that? Um, there, there are men, uh, mm. um, far less than there are women, um, I think, as we see. <laughs> mm. But uh, there are those um, who are like, they, they do their work in drag, basically. Yeah. They dress up as women and it's part of, yeah. uh, of what the... The client is interested in let's put mm-hmm. it that way yeah. and uh, but then there are also those men that uh, they just like they they do their work as as men <laughs> yeah. and um, they might do um uh, they might be a homosexual they might be heterosexual yeah. we don't really know if they have male clients female clients both we don't really ask if they don't tell us basically yeah. but um yeah it's a bit it's a bit harder to to find them because i think um there's the stigma, first of all, of being a sex worker, but then often with male sex work, there's stigma of homosexuality as well. Mm. Um, so I think it, it's a bit harder for for a lot of a lot of men to to come out and come to see us and tell us, yeah, I'm a sex worker. There are mm. there are a couple. There are some that we see regularly, um, but we, we're trying to to working on a project at the moment where we try to see what. Um, what in what way we could we could find them better find them that's mm. a weird way to put it but how we can identify them and how we can contact mm. them and what we could offer as well to to make a visit at drop in there uh, mm. worth it and interesting and uh, um, yeah so that's in that's what we're working on at the moment as well mm. to to be a bit more to work more towards the male the male part of uh, sex work, yeah. Mm. So wh- while uh, it is still uh, considered legal to, to mm. practice sex work, if, if I'm not uh, wrong, it's in certain places and mm. certain hours. Mm-hmm. So there are those who get in trouble sometimes mm-hmm. uh, for it. Is it the client or is it the sex worker that, that gets in trouble? Uh, yeah. yeah, well, the thing is, um, none of them, actually. <laughs> Let's say they, they get caught in a car, um, mm. in a parking lot, doing their business. Mm. And usually the police, they, they won't find either of them because what they're doing is not actually illegal. So they might, like, depending on the mood of the police officer, they might find them with something like public indecency or something like that. But usually they, I don't think the police bother them too much mm. If they do, it's more to to, to check their papers and, right. and and stuff like that. But and if they're caught uh, uh, in the act, um, mm-hmm. there is no actual like w- consequences. I remember there were during during COVID. It was a bit like during the curfew and stuff like that. It yeah. was a bit harder when the curfew was at eleven p.m. Like yeah. a lot of them started work earlier to be to be able to still do clients before having to to go back home. But there were a couple that got fined because they were out after 11 p.m. after curfew. So, yeah, yeah that happened. <laughs> right. but, yeah. So so then on the, on the topic of the pandemic, uh, then everything was affected by that, mm-hmm. including sex work. Yeah. So how was um, the experience of sex workers uh, during the pandemic? 
Um, from what we hear from them, it, it's been really hard <laughs> for mm. a lot of them. Um, the thing is, as I said, like they had to start working earlier because there was mm. a curfew. So you don't necessarily feel at ease if you if it's a light out when you work. Uh, there are still children running around, right. and often um, when there was like um, the time of like working from home. There weren't as many cars after finishing work at 5 p.m. that would maybe mm. be potential clients, stuff like that. So I think I think they've uh, yeah they they've struggled a lot as well as many people, but they've struggled even like fearing I guess for their for their living for their existence in a way. Mm. And what we what we can see as well now that even though it's been we've returned a bit back to normal. Like yeah. from what they tell us, there's like still basically no work. Like even though bars have reopened, you would think that on the weekends there would be there would be more potential clients. Mm. But many of them tell tell us that it's been really hard, even though things have gone back to back to normal in a way. Yeah. Mm. So they're still struggling from like sort of the the aftermath of mm. of the curfew and everything. Yeah. Right. Right. So I I think it's fair to say that there there is a stigma around sex work in in, in Luxembourg. Um, what can be done to sort of erase that or to improve the the situation? First of all, there it should be talked about a bit more openly. I mm. think um, I I can understand that you don't necessarily want to to tell your children what sex work is, which is understandable. But I think it, it it's important to to not judge these people by what they do or for what they do. Um, and also be like give them a voice in a way so that they can tell explain what they do where they're from what their experiences have been and I think it would be that would be part of like breaking the stigma I think creating a, a real image of these people that do sex work and and just not see them through that through that lens of, of sex work that they're they're like characters their personalities behind that and um and yeah, that they they are also deserving of of um, of help and of support, and, and mm. I think just a bit more openness and tolerance would often help to to just not uh, stigmatize these people as much. Mm, for yeah. sure. Um, and uh, very finally, are there any um, upcoming projects or things that Dropin is trying to add to its services or to mm. use to uh, improve the service somehow? Yeah, the thing is, as I mentioned before, the the project uh, men, mm. uh, it's called very <laughs> easily, very simply, yes. um, which is well, which we've been working on for for a bit now. Um, it, it's not as easy as it uh, might sound to to yes. to do this, but uh, we're we're trying our best. We're talking we're talking to the the male sex workers that we know what we might could offer additionally to make it to make it a bit more interesting what we could could add like when it comes to maybe like op opening times or like the actual office we have um we are it's been a bit hard for us as well with restrictions and COVID going on, but we're trying to, we're brainstorming actively um, when we can and we are changing thing, little things here and there. We're, we're talking to, to the people that, that we see and uh, we are trying to, 
listen to them and uh, adapt a bit what we what we do mm-hmm. yeah. for sure um are you in contact uh, as well maybe with um some of the uh, ministries or authorities on that mm-hmm. as well do you have uh, help from them in some way well our our main ministry the one we work with is the one for i guess in english will be like gender equality yeah. mega minister yeah. de l'égalité des chances entre hommes et femmes um the, that's our our main ministry which we are really happy about like they're really right. open they're really helpful um uh whenever we got we got some some idea we we run it with mm. we run it with them we we see with them and and they've been they've been really like a great help they've been really open and uh yeah mm-hmm. that's uh, that's all ministry <laughs> <laughs> sounds great yeah okay then uh ashanti thank you so much for your time and uh for sharing your insight on this uh, important topic thank you <laughs> mm-hmm. thank you and thanks to our listeners as well that just about concludes this episode we'll catch you in a few weeks time until then take care thanks for listening you can listen to all our podcasts on delano.lu and on all podcast platforms And subscribe to the Delano newsletter for all the latest Luxembourg news in English. Sign up on delano.lu.